Hello, hello, and welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. It's the final episode of 2021. I hope your 2021 has been spectacular. I hope all your dreams have come true, because why not? I am here to help your dreams come true. I think every single one of us should have big, audacious goals, um, things that really light us up and excite us. And you know what? I'm here for them coming true. So (laughs) I hope that's been 2021 for you. If it's not, do not worry. Remember, the new year is a new year, right? And um, We're actually going to finish off this year with a, another inspirational story from an amazing woman in tech herself, Hema Ramaswamy. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her in just a moment. But before we wrap up, a little bit of housekeeping. This is the last episode we are doing, so it's coming out just before Christmas. There will be no episode of Leading Women in Tech between Christmas and New Year because you know what? Team Tony and I hope you as well are all taking some downtime <laughs> So everybody on my team, including myself, we're all having a full week off work. So there will be no episode. I really hope you get away from everything. You know what? I, I We talk so much on this podcast about your career. I give you permission to not stress about your career between Christmas and New Year. Even if you are going to be doing stuff, and, and don't get me wrong, a bit of downtime from work is a great time to get your resume in place, do some work on your interview technique, work on something like, you know, your executive presence, by the way, go check out <laughs> tonyclaws.com forward slash shop if you want any templates or training on any of those things. That's always there, ready and waiting for you. And yes, this holiday can be a great time to do that, but you also need to recharge, my love. So if you're listening to this and thinking, oh gosh, the year is nearly over. I want to ramp up for 2022. At least take a few days off, which is why I'm not putting out an episode for you because I could have pre-recorded, my team would have managed and we could have put something out between Christmas and New Year. But I thought I want to encourage you to have some downtime as well. So have give yourself permission. I am giving you permission if you need to hear that. You have permission to take time off between Christmas and New Year and just really enjoy life. Enjoy the season, enjoy the festivities, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, and lean in to recovery and recuperation. And then, you know what, you can spend some time either just before Christmas or just at the beginning of the new year to like do that work that you can't do during the day job. That's totally cool. You'll be more effective if you take the downtime, I promise you. So without further ado though, let's talk about today's guest. Hema Ramaswamy is a seasoned technology leader. She's actually a senior vice president of engineering. She has in-depth experience in building high availability and scalability data management systems. I mean, this woman is a pro. (laughs) Extensive experience in leading end-to-end enterprise software product development and specializing in incubating ideas, projects, and commercializing them. She's got a proven track record of transforming engineering organizations and cultures through insightful, innovative leadership. I mean, this woman really knows her stuff. I've been talking to her for a while and she she gets she gets what it means to be an executive. Now, she's got over 25 years of experience. This just didn't happen overnight. And I love the phrase that I heard from a woman I collaborate with from time to time that leaders are not born, they're made. And Hamer really epitomizes that. I think her entire career has been about really up-leveling herself. And this woman is inspiring. I can't wait to get her in front of your ears, if you see what I mean. She's been a software engineer, a product architect, an engineering leader, and a program manager. And of course, as I said, she's now an SVP of engineering at Tracer Labs, which is a technology startup that provides insights to brands on their marketing data. 
Hema has been an active member in the IEEE chapters for Computer Society and Engineering and Medicine and Biology of Central Texas. So without further ado, let's get Hema onto the show. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Welcome to the show, Hema. It's really great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on your show and for that lovely introduction. Well, as I as I mentioned, you've got an amazing story. I would love to hear a bit more. Can you share with us your personal story and career history and how you came to be an SVP of engineering at Tracer Labs? All right. Um, I was born and raised in South India. I'm one of three children and our parents raised us with a strong focus on education and invested and provided equal resources and opportunities to their daughters as to their son. After I completed my bachelor's in electrical and electronics engineering, I came to the U.S. for my graduate studies and did computer science. At that time, not many girls crossed the Atlantic on their own without being married to further their education. So my parents gave uh, me that opportunity and also the confidence. At the same time, my parents gave me my father's entire retirement money that they had saved for 32 years for my graduate studies in the US. US. So I really am fortunate to have had that upbringing and an early taste of treating people equally. So that's my early life. That's, that's sorry. Just want to say that's beautiful. I I had not realized that about you, and that's beautiful. I applaud your parents completely. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, that's my early life. Uh, now to my professional life that you were asking about. Um, I will tell you a bit about how I got into the tech industry. I got to take a software programming course as an elective during my undergraduate program, and I actually loved it. I loved it just for the softness of it. It just gave me a perspective that I didn't really have to be on heavy machine floors, but still could interact with machines via software. And at that point, I knew I wanted to pursue software engineering as my career, and I decided to do graduate studies in that field. After that, a natural progression, I entered the workforce in Austin, Texas as a software engineer after my graduation, and I went on to do many different roles within the software industry. It's been a natural progression for me um, from then on to being a senior software engineer, a technical lead, a product architect, program manager, senior engineering leadership roles, and now being part of the executive leadership team. As I grew older and gained experience doing various roles, I started to find a purpose. That is, I wanted to be the leader that I did not have, someone who provided a safe environment for everyone to succeed by playing to their strengths and to demonstrate that as leaders, we have the responsibility to be open to diverse thoughts and ways and not highlight leadership as fitting into a single mold. That purpose led me to pursue management. I'm currently... uh, the SVP of engineering at Tracer Labs, a data insights technology company. 
What excited me about Tracer Labs was one, the people, two, the product, and three, the purpose. The people at Tracer at all levels come together and demonstrate winning together attitude. I've been on the product side, I've been building database engines for a good part of my career and shifting gears to data as a product was very, very exciting to me. Finally, Tracer's values matches mine, where we want to build an environment for everyone to succeed. That furthers my purpose as well. I, I love your entire story. Like, I don't, I don't want to go into it anymore because there's so much we need to dig into today. But listening to you talk about data as a product in particular, that speaks to me so much because, you know, the my career was heading towards data engineering, it's the supercomputing industry that many of the listeners know I was in, very focused on data. So the fact that you are working in a data as product environment is is fabulous. But just also your inspirational journey the whole way through and uh, your outlook in terms of like knowing that you love the people side of it and the purpose. I just, I love hearing all of that. So thank you for sharing your story. Um, but let's dig in because we have a lot to get to today. You and I have previously talked about your leadership style and you've spoken about how leadership style could be genderless or should be genderless. I'd love for you to explain to the audience what you mean by that and what you think the benefits are. People often associate leadership styles to a certain gender because the qualities or the traits of that particular style is associated with the gender. For example, Transformation style of leadership is often associated with females, whereas transactional style of leadership is associated with males. But in my experience, I've seen male leaders exhibit, you know, abundance, <laughs> uh, transformational leadership qualities. And I attributed that to the background they came from, the circumstances that they grew up in, the responsibilities that they have shouldered and the experience that they have gained, you know, along the way. I actually had a manager who immigrated to the U.S. when he was young. And as a result of him being one of the people in his family who spoke English, he shouldered a lot of responsibilities in getting his large family to settle in a new country. That experience directly translated to his management style at work. He cared deeply for his people and the clients as well and went that extra mile all the time in helping everybody succeed. Actually, I've seen, you know, many male community leaders exhibit similar transformational styles. The vice versa is also true. I've seen women leaders to be very transactional as well. So when I say that leadership style must be genderless, I mean that the situations and the responsibility of a leader are the same, irrespective of their gender. So to be an effective leader, one should adopt the right style of leadership to address the situation, irrespective of which gender those traits are associated with. I hope I I answered your question. <laughs> no, you, you did. I, and I find this absolutely fascinating, which is why the, one of the reasons I wanted to bring it to the podcast episode, because, you know, anybody that's listened to me for a while knows that I do talk about the female leadership model. And actually, it's interesting listening to you. And I think we're, we're getting at the same thing. To me, the reason I talk about the female leadership model is not because it's fundamentally different from men. It's that, to me, the female leadership model is about being the best version of who you are, figuring out who you are and using the, the best of your abilities. It's not saying women are specifically this way or that way. I, I think that really misses things. And 
actually it's outdated and old-fashioned we're all unique individuals right so I, I love the fact that you call it you refer to it as genderless because actually that's where we should be heading happens to be that you know I talk about women in tech a lot so I call it the leader the female leadership model but I think we're actually getting the same thing with just different nuances on the, the nomenclature of it. So thank you for sharing that with us. I think that's a really important insight to have. Like we need to move away from leadership being this one thing, this one size fits all, because quite frankly, that doesn't work and it's outdated. So thank you. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. <laughs> you mentioned that early on in your career, you weren't viewed as being technical enough. And I'm putting that in air quotes to be considered as the subject matter expert, right? This is something I've heard many, many women talk about. Um, it kind of drives me nuts, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. It happened to me as well. Do you feel you've moved on from that? And what would you tell your younger self who felt that way? Yeah, that's actually a great question. And um, I'm, I'm glad you asked this question because I really wanted to share my story here. I actually consider myself very lucky to have landed in an engineering organization that built systems which had extreme availability requirements. We are actually talking about systems powering stock exchanges, banking transactions, first responder systems, and the likes. That meant that there are many components that made up the system and had to work together seamlessly with high precision, even under adverse conditions, right? So I found myself often stepping up to tie components together in addition to completing my work, whereas my teammates would remain focused on their job, which would be a very narrow focus. Um, so you have to realize that we all have finite amount of time and energy in a given day. And when I'm actually integrating the systems together you know, is actually time away from the component that my team is responsible for. And that was perceived as not being the subject matter ex expert since their view was a narrow scope and I was looking at the bigger picture. So what I would say to people who hear this is just focus on doing the right thing and focus on what gives you a lot of joy. I actually discovered a few things um, in that process. Integrating systems to form an elegant solution gave me a lot of joy and satisfaction. And very soon, I was one of the few people who knew how the various parts of this massive system worked together. What would I tell my younger self? Um, I would tell my younger self to take the time and every opportunity to speak about the work that I did outside of my team's responsibility. So there is awareness. And more importantly, I would actually lobby for companies to value technical delivery on par with IP generation. IP by itself doesn't cut it for the user. It's the delivery that makes the solution come to life. So that's what I would <laughs> tell the listeners. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's so... I, I don't know quite what the word is. I want to say heartwarming. I'm not sure that really captures it. But something like that, to hear your story and to hear that although you had these negative comments thrown your way, you were able to navigate that and actually it became your your thing. It became the thing that you became known for. And your comment at the end there about, you know, technical delivery being on a par with IP generation that is fundamental. 
it, it breaks my heart that this happens to so many women. It happened to me and so many of us, myself included, and now hearing it from you, you as well, when we come out the other side, we actually get real recognition for having solved a problem that other people weren't working on. But the journey, the actual process can be really quite excruciating. And I think it's one of the reasons why so many women do leave the tech sector, because it can be quite a long time before you see those benefits. And we have to be quite emotionally resilient to deal with the fact that we're being told that we're not doing the right thing. We're not as good. We're not as competent. We're not going to get promoted, whatever the words come our way. And so if you're listening to this and you've just heard Hamer describe this situation, I want you to know you're not alone. And it's onwards and upwards from here. Go get somebody else, get a different perspective, see that bigger picture, and you will come out the other side. Hamer is living proof of another example of a woman that's come out the other side from this. So keep at it. If you're listening to this, keep at it, my love. You've got this. All right, back to you, Hamer. <laughs> what is your career highlight? I'd love you for to take us to a moment in time for your greatest achievement in your career. Hey. <laughs> Um, I hope I have many more, but um, I actually wanted to talk about this one particular strategic initiative. Um, I launched a strategic open source project for HP Labs, and I do consider this as one of my career highlights. I program managed the incubation and subsequent commercial launch of an enterprise class database engine. This was a company-wide initiative involving a large and complex product, approximately 4 million lines of code to give a, a bit of perspective on massiveness. Uh, multifunctional team of like 110 people and more and across 30 different groups in various business units, ranging from product, engineering, legal and license, intellectual property protection, open source compliance, business development, branding, marketing, and then launch. Even after the launch, I led proof of concept uh, with various partners to secure early adopters for the project. I had to manage um, the internal and external partner engagements as well. All those years of being a generalist and not a subject matter expertise expert came handy in launching this strategic initiative in record six months. So I consider this as my career highlight since I got to do so many business functions that I had no experience in. In that process, I got to discover more about myself, that I have a very strong business acumen, but I really didn't want to do business development as a career. So that led me to pursue a career in engineering management. That sounds fabulous. And I am sure that this is not the final <laughs> career highlight. I love that you picked the, this as the one where you got to discover about yourself. I think those are often the most inspiring, but I know it's onwards and upwards for you from here. I'm certain of it, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the flip side of that. What is the worst moment in your career? Because I think we can all learn a little bit from hearing that not everybody's careers go perfectly, right? In fact, nobody's do. So tell us a little bit about the worst moment in your career. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this is, the worst moment of my career, but rather an extremely challenging one and certainly one that made me introspect a lot, um, taught me a lot of life lessons. <laughs> so I witnessed the worst version of a group of people whom I had worked so closely with for well over a decade and had seen them, seen their best versions. 
in multiple other situations. A couple of them were very senior to me, and I had considered them as my mentors at some point or the other. So the story is, uh, I had inherited a team that caused a highly escalated issue that caused serious data integrity issues for our clients. A few of those clients were Fortune 100 companies. Not only did we have to pull the release off the shelves, which affected our revenue pipeline, but we had to actually correct the data integrity issues for the clients who already had upgraded to that version. So I assembled a Tiger team and led the effort methodically to troubleshoot and correct the issues for every affected client. And finally, the lift for um, the release, uh, software release was made. And it took about three weeks for things to just get back to normal. So in those three weeks, I witnessed how this team that caused the issue went on an overdrive, covering their bases, pointing fingers, throwing people under the bus. So that was very disheartening. Remember that I had seen the same people in their best versions in different circumstances. That actually led me into deep introspection and turned out to be an inflection point in my career. I was even more resolved than ever to become the leader that I did not have, someone who provides a safe environment for everybody to succeed, an environment where people come together, setting aside their differences, leaving their agendas behind, and pulling up their sleeves to work towards shared goals. That actually became my purpose. That is it's heartwarming. I mean, it's it's horrible when those situations happen. And I, again, this is one I'm sure, maybe not that extreme, but many of us can relate to when we've had people we really admire, you know, do a 180 on us and turn into something we're like, really? Hmm. But I think one of the things to lean into, which is what I love about your story here is Using that as a way to drive ourselves, just because other people are doing this doesn't mean that we have to be pulled down by it, doesn't mean that we have to stifle ourselves. Instead, you've turned this into something that has formed who you are. As you say, that became a purpose for me. I love that. And I I hope that other people hear that and, and realize that these bad situations can actually become foundational to who we are and make us better leaders. And I think that is absolutely beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. One thing that I wanted to add is that also became my management style and um, to some extent philosophy. I actually absorb a lot of the friction and unpleasantness and um, unambiguity and let my team, you know, be free of those burdens so they can focus on getting the work done. (laughs) Yeah, that is fabulous. As um, anybody who's ever worked with me will know, I talk about holding a steel beam. We are the steel beam that protects our team. And so holding that friction, being that steel beam for the friction, for the ambiguity, for the pressure, all that sort of stuff, we get to then choose what needs to be filtered down. But a great leader is a steel beam and, and you just epitomize that in the way you talk about this. So that's that's amazing. Thank you. Um, tell us now, what excites you about the future of the technology industry? That's a hard one to answer, but <laughs> fundamentally, it's the infinite possibilities that excites me, how technology can be used in all walks of life, the mind-blowing innovation that's happened all around, and it's just upward from here, right? I will, I will say something that's very close to my heart. When I was a graduate um, student, 
here in the US, 8,000 miles away from my family in India, I could only talk to my parents over the phone for a few minutes on a weekend and all other non-essential chatter was through snail mail. Today, my children who are born and raised in the US have everyday conversation with my parents, my in-laws, extended family, whenever, wherever, however they want. Just having the technology and the affordability to connect with loved ones across generations and culture is exciting. That again is beautiful. You have so much uh, like inspirational content here. So it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect pre-Christmas episode, actually. So wonderful. Um, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges we face as women in tech? Maybe this one's not as optimistic. Um, <laughs> and what are your top tips for women navigating the tech industry? Well, you're going to be very underwhelmed by my response here <laughs> because I'm just going to say what has already been well documented. Women are held to different standards than men. It's not only very discouraging to women, but it hurts the employers too, as they are not tapping into a very large talent pool. I would say, be open, be bold, be unapologetic about being you and don't give up. The path won't be easy for sure, but we are no strangers to challenges, right? So for change to happen, there must be more of the same kind. And that means we need more women in the tech industry showing up as women. I emphasize that they need to show up as women working at all roles and at all levels. I actually believe this is our obligation, our way of paying forward to the next generation of women in tech. So let's make it easy for them. Oh, 100%. Like I was like trying not to like actually physically applaud as you're saying. That. <laughs> I, I feel like your, your statement there, be open, be bold, be unapologetic is like a mantra we all need in our lives. And your comment there, show up as women. I mean, as you know, like I truly believe that the tech industry needs women to be women. That is what it desperately needs. And And ladies, if you're listening to this, be you. Show up as you. Hamer is proof here. This is why she's on the show. She is proof of how extraordinary women in leadership in the tech industry are. This woman is changing the world. If you needed any more proof, she's right here. Okay. Be who you are, ladies. I just, you've heard it from Hamer. You've heard it from me many, many times. Go off and be extraordinary just the way you are. So um, there again, your point of it's also for the next generation. Let's make it easy for them. I think yeah, I listened to my mother talk about her experience. She didn't work in technology, but her experience of growing up in the 60s and the 70s. And I think it's tough for us today, but oh my gosh, it was so much harder for her back then. I think many of us will have heard that. And we are doing our bit for the next generation. And I just hope it gets easier. I don't know if you've seen this. I know you've got two daughters, Hamer. And mm -hmm. do you think it's getting easier for them? Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually learned quite a bit uh, from them. So learning is a lifelong journey and you learn from everybody. I learn from my girls all the time. <laughs> they actually make me better. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, that brings us to the weekly leadership mindset moment. Um, as listeners know, at the end of every episode, we love to have a simple mindset tip to help adjust how we act or think on the topic of today's podcast. So, Hema, I would love for you to discuss a mindset shift 
that can help even more women thrive when they're the only woman in the room? Any thoughts? I'm just going to get on the soapbox (laughs) here and repeat what I have been saying throughout this podcast. I would say, you know, know who you are, your strengths, your weakness, get comfortable with it. Show up unapologetically as your authentic self, knowing why you belong there. People will figure out how to deal with that. Yes, 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 100%. Get comfortable with it. I That, again, is such a good phrase. Like, show up unapologetically. 100% like just let's all just say that to ourselves hey and ladies listen to this if you are celebrating Christmas that applies to Christmas too show up unapologetically over the holidays ladies you don't have to be something else when you're not at work either I just thought I'd throw that in because I think sometimes we morph ourselves into something our families want over the holidays all right any final thoughts that you would like to share with us today As final thoughts, I want to say success is what you define for yourself at every stage of your life. So be honest to yourself and define that success and be focused on achieving those. Don't measure your success with somebody else's yardstick. Also, don't worry about what others are doing and saying. No one knows you better than yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Hema. Just before we wrap up, how can people connect with you, find out more about you or anything else? Yeah, um, they can connect me on LinkedIn. Um, you can search for Hema Ramaswamy Tracer Labs and you will find me. Um, you can search Hema Ramaswamy um, Austin, Texas. <laughs> you can find me, more importantly, you know, LinkedIn slash Hema R as in Robert. You, you will find me. So you can connect me on there. Perfect. I will make sure that your uh, LinkedIn URL is in the show notes. So if you're listening, go find Haymar in the show notes and go connect with her. This woman is truly inspirational. Thank you, Haymar, for coming on the show, sharing your story. I am sure that you have inspired a large number of women today, and I greatly appreciate you taking the time to share everything with us. Thanks a lot for having me on your podcast. Um, Happy holidays and have a I wish everybody a great 2022. So there you have it. That's our wrap for 2021, finishing up with another inspirational woman. We've covered quite a few inspirational stories this year, and I hope that you are going into the holiday season, whether you're celebrating Christmas or just taking advantage of some downtime. But I hope you're going into it with lots of inspiration and lots of examples of, you know, women who are breaking through the glass ceiling, not once, but multiple times. Because as you well know, the glass ceiling doesn't just hit us one time in our careers. Sadly, it does hit us multiple times. But you know what? There are women out there going through it, punching through it, making it less thick for the women behind them. And I want you to take advantage of that. Use them as your inspiration as you slow down for the holidays. But make sure you tune in for 2022. I have some really exciting stuff coming. Even in January, we have a planning event that you are going to be invited to. I'm just giving you a little bit of a heads up there. Uh, We are going to make sure you're set up for success in 2022. You're all invited. It's going to be free. If you are actually already in my Leading Women in Tech Slack community, make sure you head over there right now. A link is in the show notes to join. We're going to be doing lots of exciting stuff in there next year. So all that remains to be said is a little bit different from my normal wrap up for an episode because we are in tune the holidays. 
do be unique, do be extraordinary, but you know what? Slow down, give yourself a bit of a timeout from all the hard work that you've done this year. And know that next year is just waiting for you, waiting for you to sparkle, waiting for you to shine whenever you're ready. But until next time, enjoy yourself, take care of yourself, and I will see you on the other side in 2022. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.